Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome back to the Noodleberg Daily Huddle, except this is a very special episode because the boys are back. Steve Noodleberg is traveling this morning. He is on his way to Alabama, and uh, we're excited to be here with you guys. We've got a great morning, Friday show morning, for you, and uh, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, cut the feedback. Hello, hello, cut the hello. feedback. My bad. My bad. Yeah, uh, my bad. I'm a rookie, rookie co-host yeah. in the Sorry. seat. Turns it on LinkedIn to be, to be, immediately. To be fair, to be fair, Dad does it too. He's, in, he's got oh, yeah. 300 episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know what episode number this is. I just know that it's a lot. Well, yeah. What was what was the one we had before? 230 something. Didn't we say that was the number? Something I can that. I could let you know if you want to know. Good morning to the entire crowd as they come rolling in. Good morning, Debbie Hammer. Candy, Joseph, Todd, John, Mark, Chris, Jamie Tribble. Appreciate you, Jamie, being on both parts of, our, of the shows that are out there. I appreciate all the feedback on PATH that you've been giving us. Thank you so much. Uh, Henry Paisano, I'm looking forward to connecting with you so that we can talk about uh, Italy and, and where I need to go and how you can help me there. Good morning to the tourist crew, Rachel DeRoke. Matt Huff, the whole crew is here. Crew is go, guys. Oh, it is technically episode 300. Is this exactly 300? It is. No way. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> wow, 300 episodes. That is unbelievable. Well, since, since we've gone to this new to this platform. Yeah, I mean, there's way more than that. Obviously, yeah. before, I mean, I mean, Dad was doing this for years before I was even out of football, but it's so oh, cool. 2.0, we're at 300. Yeah, Noodleberg Daily Huddle 2.0, number 300. What? All right, it's a celebration today. That's fantastic. Um, and speaking of celebrations, we had a wonderful celebration last night. Huge shout out to Keith and Andrew Koenig for hosting us last night celebrating the work that was done with American Heart Association and for the Heart Walk. And uh, just a great group of people, absolutely gorgeous boat, uh, great conversations. It was really just fantastic. So, yeah, Mr. 300 is correct. Good, good morning, Dad. Glad to see you're uh, in the crowd, and I'm assuming you're starting to board your plane soon. Uh, but thanks Alabama. for being here. Have you ever been to Alabama? No, no, uh, no. <laughs> Nor do I want to go to Alabama. <laughs> I drove through on I-10 to go to Waco. Uh, the only reason I would want to go to Alabama, it's obviously, like if it was to see somebody cool or do something, sure. Like I heard the Gulf Shores are phenomenal, so I'm not taking anything away from that. But I would like to go to Tuscaloosa. I would like to see the facilities. Like I would like to go on like a, you know, a uh, fact-finding mission or just yeah, like. Would you say that's the one stadium you wish you could have played in? Yeah, for sure. There's right. no other stadium in college. Like, I would say that or the Rose Bowl were the two that. Oh, right. the granddaddy of them all. Yeah. Another another great one. Well, let's get to some wake up music and then let's get back and let's hop into the content. Let's go for number 300. Wake up, everybody. Wake up, everybody! No more sleeping. 
So I happen to be, you know, going through the content that I, you know, scrolling through and I follow this page called R&B Music and they did like a little tribute on Instagram to Teddy Pendergrass. And they had an interview with Teddy where he's talking about like he didn't really like the fact that he was known as like Mr. Love because Mm. everybody associated that with making love. And he had a very like distinct statement that he made where he's like, I don't sing about making love. I sing about being in love. And there are two very different things. And he went on to talk about the feeling of it. But I thought it was pretty cool because you can feel the passion in his voice as he yeah. sings about it and differentiating between making love and being in love. Yeah. See, I would, and I didn't, wasn't old enough to listen to either of them really in their prime, but like yeah. Marvin Gaye would be who I equate with making love. Yeah. thousand. He's literally like, sexual healing right, is about making love. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. right. Like in Austin Powers, you know, when he's about to hook up with, you know, yeah, um, so it's good to have you back on the show. You were traveling last week, so we didn't get once. to bring you on for your Friday sports segment. So we're excited to have you back. I'm excited to hear a little bit about sports. We're getting closer and closer to college football starting and the NFL starting. There's a lot of stuff happening out there. So, Shay, give us his intro, and then let's get into sports with Jake. Let's go. You're not full. Well, uh, probably the biggest storyline, which he always seems to be in the in the headlines, is Tim Tebow was officially cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He released um, a tweet, which I think this says a lot about who he is. Thankful for the highs and even the lows, the opportunities and the setbacks. I've never wanted to make decisions out of fear of failure, and I'm grateful for the chance to have pursued a dream. Um, personally, I love him. I I I. I I grew up hating him. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he kicked my ass for four years. Every single year. Like I, I remember a funny story real quick, but I remember being at a party with dad and in Florida state, Florida party. And we're like the only Florida state people there. Mm-hmm. And we walk in and I think it's the, you guys lost by like 50. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it, it was an absolute bloodbath, but he is a remarkable human being. I mean, yeah. he has no fear of what other people think of pursuing his dream so and- I, yeah i think he does an unbelievable job of identifying what he wants figuring out what he needs to do to get there and then doing whatever he can to get there like i mean just you know he he walked into an unbelievable system right like the the offense that was built around him at the University of Florida and the other athletes that he played with they were an absolute machine and i would i would uh, i would tell everybody to go listen to a podcast that urban meyer just recently did where he talked about how he's built his teams how he creates leadership at different levels in the organization but he talked about what it was there and you can't take anything away from his success he was never a true quarterback And while he had some success at the position in the NFL, you knew it wasn't ever going to last because he wasn't able to fit into the things that people were asking him to do. And kudos to him for never backing down from wanting to be a quarterback and chasing that. And then knowing that the only way he could get back to the NFL was to try to play tight end. And the reality is he's not good enough. He's just not good enough. And that's okay. And I have a question for you. So you said he couldn't fit into the systems, but 
Urban built a system in college. Is it a coach's responsibility to build the system and the players fit or the other way around as a leader? Dep- I think it depends. As a- right. I think it depends. I really, I really do. I think what, what does the rest of the makeup of the team look like? Is changing your system to fit the quarterback going to hinder everybody else that you have on the roster? Then you can't do that. You can't change the entire ship for one person. Now, if the rest of the team can be successful still while making the adjustments to help yourself be successful with that guy in that position or that girl in that position, because I think it's a far bigger topic you know, than just talking about a quarterback. It's anybody. It's a CRO. It's a VP of sales. It's a director of marketing. Do we have to change our entire system for this one person? Should we because they're so talented and we'll be okay with everybody else? Or is it going to cost us so much from making those changes that we should just trade out that one spot, regardless of how talented that person is? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's um, it's fascinating and it'll be curious and interesting what he does next. Uh, Dad actually sent me a Fox News article this morning. He already did another endorsement deal after getting cut. Yeah, people love him. Like the guy stands on his faith a thousand percent. So I want to put this out to the people that are watching right now. And honestly, do you root for him or against him? You don't have to tell me why. You don't have to give your reasons behind it. I would just like everybody to roll into the comments with I'm either for Tim Tebow or I'm against Tim Tebow because a lot of people root against the guy. A lot. There's a lot of people who just don't like him. They don't like the fact that he gets these opportunities to do things and, you know, how he gets into the opportunities doesn't really matter, does it? The guy works his ass off at everything that he tries to do, stands on his faith and tries to, you know, promote what he believes is morally right. How do you root against him? Todd Stevens says, tough one. I think it does go both ways. As Ernie Johnson says, be a better human, and he's a better human. He's a better human. And so uh, Rachel DeRoke says, neither. Interesting. Maybe you're not a sports fan. Um, But, yeah, it's it's good to see that the majority of the people in the huddle are saying for um, because that's the kind of people you should root for because that's the way I believe you should be living. And if you've – have you ever met him? Yeah, a couple times. Phenomenal. And the nicest <laughs> guy I've ever met. I'm like the nicest guy. Um, and he's a beast quick story. Quick story. So I, I've had a hard time with him, right? I mean, he absolutely made my life miserable, miserable. for right. four years at, at Florida State. Then I get hired at the University of Florida. And we're, it's before one of our games. And I didn't even know he was going to be there. I come walking out of the coach's locker room. And there he is standing in front of me. And so I had to say hello and introduce myself and got into a conversation with him about what it was like to be on the other side. And he was so endearing, so gracious, so um, just likable that it was impossible for me to walk away from that going, Oh, he's great dude. You know? Right. Right. Very similar story. I met him the one time, you know, he was always around the office and then he remembered my name the second time. Um, And we got in the gym together and he made me feel really, you know, he's an animal. <laughs> he's, he's throwing weight around like he's still obviously a professional athlete. But um, so that's a great way to kick off the sports uh, topic. We have another one that will lead us into Friday. Funny. Shay, if you could show us the headline. 
Bobby Valentine films cameo video, leaves camera rolling as his dog defecates in neighbor's yard, sends it in <laughs> anyway. And if you don't know Bobby Valentine, he was a manager for the Mets, the Red Sox, and probably some others are missing. He got thrown out of a baseball game and decided to put on a fake mustache and hide in the dugout, which obviously <laughs> they saw, and he was fined by the MLB. But he is currently running for mayor in Connecticut, and somebody paid for his cameo. He left his camera rolling for eight minutes. And I wish we could show it to you, but unfortunately, his campaign took it down. Oh, uh, it's gone. Down. I thought we had it still. I uh. saw, I, and, I, and, I, and, I ha, and I saw it, and it is hilarious. It is eight minutes of him leaving it rolling, talking to his neighbor. And then as his dog defecates in the neighbor's yard, he goes, oh, my God, hurry. You hear, <laughs> that, you hear them run away. And he doesn't pick it up. And then he goes, I should probably bring a bag the next time. You Just know? reshoot the video, my man. Right. Like, the best part of the whole thing is he sends the whole eight-minute clip to the kid that Bobby oh, man. So this kid, Matt, gets it, an eight-minute video of Bobby Valentine goes, saying hello. and Goes to show you that people need help using video. I love the fact that people are using it. Cameo is a great app, and it's a great way to send a gift to somebody. But good Lord, somebody get the man some help for uh, for using video. Well, let's move on to some motivational morning music, and then it will take us to our next conversation of the day, which is Casual Friday. What's the proper dress code? And we're going to talk about what to wear. Love it. Excellent song. Gotta love taking it back to some Madonna. Dress you up in my love. Um, and this is going to be a great conversation because we're going to tie, you know, how you dress at work, how we dress at football and what the expectations and requirements were for that. But I think obviously now it's never been more vague on like what to wear and when to wear it because of the work from home scenario. Everybody is wearing what they want pretty much like it's not there's unless you're going to a formal event and you know i need a jacket it's interesting to see how people decide what to wear and what's become more formal than not and being dad's son like he was never a tie guy never a sock guy he's like i don't yeah. socks i don't wear a tie no matter where i go you know so that was kind of instilled and that became the style you know that became right. very vogue cool. you know right. he was doing yeah. it way before that 
Um, but and and I think we got raised with the you know mentality of you dress to impress or you dress to show up. And like I don't care if it was playing baseball when I was eight years old, my cleats that I wore mattered because and primetime talked about it, right? You know, feel good, play good, pay good. But that feel good comes from what you're wearing. The and you could talk about it as an armor. You can talk about it as a swag, but when you dress yourself a certain way, you give yourself, and we talk about confidence, you give yourself some confidence. You give yourself the belief in what you want to, what you want to feel as you show up somewhere. Would you say that people also feel confident in wearing what makes them comfortable? Yeah, but what, so regardless of, of your level of comfortability, and Sebastian does a great skit on this. So we're going to go see Sebastian Maniscalco in a couple weeks. He talks about like, I'm uncomfortable that you're comfortable. And mm-hmm. I know that there are times where I've misjudged the dress code of an event and felt underdressed. And I don't know that there's a feeling worse than that. Because right. you want to talk about, I'd rather, I'd much rather be overdressed and take a jacket off or undo a button or do something to dress it down a little than being in jeans and a t-shirt when everybody's in button downs and slacks. Like there's, well, there was some, there's something about showing up, you know, in a suit when, like, when we traveled with the team, I've worked with two different staffs that had vastly different. One was wear whatever you want. And one was, we are going to wear suits. We're going to get you suits. We're going to look the right way. And I was always, when we travel on planes, we have to wear suits. Well, yeah. And I think that it ties back into the mentality. Like when, you know, I think that mentality of we're going to dress in suits, I know in my coaching tree that came from Saban and Saban's mentality was it was a business trip, right? Well, you know, and, and when you're dealing with 18 to 22 year olds and I, I think this is important for everybody, what you do to affect your mentality, every little thing matters. Every little detail matters. So getting dressed in a suit as opposed to getting dressed in a sweatsuit and having sweatpants and sneakers as opposed to having shoes and slacks and a blazer makes you feel differently. It makes the kids feel differently. And it reminds them we're here for a purpose. We're here to do a job. Keep your mind on the job, not on the fact that we're getting on a plane, that we're going to New Orleans, that we're traveling and we're going to be in all these Keep your mind focused on the task at hand, which what you wear helps you do that. Well, studies have shown that it separates leisure time from work time when you dress more proper. It's separate in your mind. Your mind functions differently. And it was so so when and in college football, this is so when you're a college football coach, you spend 16 to 20 hours a day at the office. Right. Like especially as a young coach. And so D Robinson talks about dress for your role. Right. And, and I love that mentality that got hard for me on four hours of sleep. Right. Like you could get away with wearing your practice clothes in the office so that you didn't have to change before practice. And when I started to realize <laughs> that every one of my seconds mattered, I didn't want to waste time having to change before practice to get out to the field. I'd rather know that at the 730 staff meeting, I was ready to go for the entire day. And somebody had talked, I think it was Brianne talks about despite working from home, I try to get dressed in attire that is good to run out the door. Should I get a call and have to be somewhere? Agreed, right? The preparation of what's the importance. So while I wasn't dressed like the head coach, 
who was dressed in a button down and slacks during the day. I was dressed in my practice clothes. I did that because I prioritized my time and figured out it wasn't worth being dressed in a button down just to look like the head coach. It was more important for me to have my time to be able to do my job and get to get what I needed done. I just wish shorts were allowed in Florida. It's too hot. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> it's, no, just, we're, on the balls making it a short policy. <laughs> so similar to last night, you know, we go to this event and I was unsure about what the dress code was going to be. I knew the type of people that were going to be there. I knew, had an idea on what it would be. So I went like middle ground. I go jeans and a short sleeve button down. Well, AK gets on the boat and he is head to toe in Lululemon. Right. Lululemon polo, Lululemon shorts. And I was like, damn it, I should have asked him. Like, right. Had I known that that was the case, I definitely would have been in Lulu because it was hot. And so, again, knowing your atmosphere, knowing what's happening and, and the environment helps you dress for success. And you can dress probably differently when you know the person. If you have a developed relationship in, in you know, a thousand percent to someone you don't know. And you that goes built. into the impression, which I think right. goes into the when we traveled as a team wearing a suit, we wanted to make an impression when we walked into the building. We were walking into somebody else's town. We were walking into somebody else's hotel, somebody else's you know stadium. We wanted to make an impression as soon as we stepped in. So being dressed in a uniform of suits, having ties on, that said something. Is it important to what happens in the game? Maybe not. But I know that it affects the mindset going into the game, which is just as important trip, as right. what happens in the game. Right. And I, we have some really cool studies that I think are really actually interesting. Like according yeah, to study, 60, 61% of employees are more productive when the dress code is relaxed. And 80% of the people who work in an environment with a dress code responded that they didn't find them useful. I think to me, it's like very much like a school uniform. Like, yeah. you know, like kids hated the school uniform, but it was easy. It was one less thing you had to worry about. Um, but you, you see a lot of different things like in the tech industry, like they're wearing flip-flops to work, you know, and then you look at law firms, like that's not allowed, you right. know? And so I think it's breaking the stigma, but it's interesting coming out of college and football and entering the workforce where it's zoom, where, I mean, nobody's wearing pants, like we're wearing right. shorts, socks, whatever, whatever's happening under, you know, people are getting dressed up in their button down. <laughs> yeah, correct. Right. Right. lemon shorts on. Right, underneath. right. And I think it's going to be a struggle when people start going back to the office to get dressed up. Like dad, for the long time, would wear shoes every day here. Like he would put on shoes just to recreate that feeling. And it would be interesting to see how people react. Going so back what I think is a happy medium for people that are, you know, going back and forth on what should the dress code be. I think you should have situational guidelines. Like, hey, guys, if we're meeting with clients for the first time, this is the this is the expectation. You don't have to be in a suit, but we need jeans and blazers. You want to be in a suit? Great. Go go after it. But here's the minimum expectation of what you should wear. If we're in. And we'll go to overtime. If we're in the office and it's a day where, you know, we're casual, I'm cool with shorts, you know, and as long as we're okay with people coming in and understanding what that expectation is, if somebody were to walk into it, you know, you I think that's a, the guidelines and the guardrails are better than saying this is, we wear a suit and tie every day and having the hard, fast, you know, dress code for people. And, and Chris Jones drives the point home again, dress for the role you want. Yes, a thousand percent. 
dress for the, you know, it, it's, it, it's the same thing when we talk to people about, well, I want to be promoted, you know, and they're waiting to do the job of the person above them before they get that job. I never waited. I became a special teams coordinator at the age of 27 because I started acting like the special teams coordinator at 22. I, for five years, started just seeing what they did and said, okay, well, let me do it. Let me do it for them and give it to them and see how much I can take as my responsibility, not so that I would get that job, but so that everybody on the staff knew I could do the job. Because if somebody else was looking for a special teams coordinator, maybe I would get that opportunity. So similar to just go do the job, dress for the part you want as well. So great conversation today. Awesome stuff. Well done, Jake. You put together yeah, a great show. Thank you. Ah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Love sitting in the seat and joining the, uh, the huddle group. Thank you guys for a fantastic week of the Noodleberg Daily Huddle. We hope you enjoyed it. We will see you guys on Monday. Let's get down to business. I'm up, please don't worry about me. I'm about to let my heart speak. My friends keep telling me to leave this. So let's get down, let's get down to business. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Give you one more night, one more night to get this.